Welcome to the Business Focus Podcast. Before we start, can we ask one thing? 74% of you that watch this channel frequently do not subscribe. If you've enjoyed our videos, please could you do me a favor and hit the subscribe button? It helps this channel more than you know, and the bigger the channel gets, the bigger the learning gets. Welcome to the Business Focus Podcast. Jonathan Herbs is the host of the Business Focus Podcast. He is a strategic advisor, coach, and mentor to entrepreneurial business owners, CEOs, and senior executives. In this podcast, he chats with entrepreneurs, founders, and CEOs of scaling companies. It centers around their entrepreneurial journey so far and their aspirations for their companies. Um, today, we're talking to Craig, Craig West, who's CEO and founder of Succession Plus. Welcome, Craig. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. My, my pleasure. I'm really looking forward to the conversation. So, Craig, can you tell me, let's start by, what does Succession Plus do? Yeah, so we work with typically mid-market uh, business owners, often baby boomers, but not always, who are looking at or thinking about exiting their business. And really, uh, most of them don't know what to do, don't know what exit options might be available to them, often don't know what the business is actually worth, and certainly don't know the best way to prepare it and execute a successful exit. So we guide them, mentor them, facilitate them through that process to make sure they can maximise the value of the business and achieve a successful exit. And so how long has this business been going? Yeah, I started doing this in 2009. So, you know, 12, 13 years now. Right. It's not just you, though, is it? No, no, I've got uh, 23 advisors in all capital cities around Australia, uh, four advisors in the UK and a few in New Zealand as well. So it's certainly uh, grown quickly over that time. That's going to say significant growth. Congratulations. So you talk about baby boomers. Um, uh, how would you, could you um, refine that definition of your core customer, the best customer for you? Is there, you know, is it um, number of staff? Is it revenue? Uh, who, who would be the perfect customer for you? It's probably a combination of both. So they're typically mid-market businesses. We operate at what we call the lower end of the mid-market. So that could be anything from maybe as small as $2 million, but typically $5 million turnover, up to probably $100 million. Now, we've got clients a little bit smaller than that, and we've got a few clients a little bit larger than that. Typically, that's a really unique sort of um, gap in the market. So they're too big, these businesses, typically for a business broker or an accountant to help them through their exit. They're a bit big and complicated for that. They're not big enough yet, though, for a private equity firm or a merchant bank, investment bank to get involved. So they're largely left without help and, and guidance through that process. You know, typically those sorts of businesses would have at least five to 10 employees, probably a few more, up to a couple of hundred. Um, they're often owned, as I said, by baby boomers, so people that are approaching sort of anything from 60 to 70 years old, some a bit older, some a bit younger, and looking at exiting. Exactly the same poor customer, poor customer as mine. Um, yes. um, so we've all been through the, through the pandemic. Um, what actions did you take in the pandem pandemic that um, are going to remain part of, your, part of your business going forward? I think the most common thing that we did and that we saw our clients do as well was get very quickly used to working from home, doing online meetings, being a bit more flexible about time and format. So instead of, you know, we spent a couple of hundred thousand dollars a year prior to the pandemic on travel. You know, I used to go to Perth once a month. I used to go to Melbourne and Brisbane regularly. I flew somewhere every single week. Um, before the pandemic and then stopped that completely for two years and really haven't taken it back up, which is an interesting sort of, you know, change. 
I think clients and advisors got very used to working online using Teams or Zoom or some other online meeting format and lost the need or the desire to actually have face-to-face meetings. I think we got far more efficient with time. So we'd have shorter meetings with a preset agenda, send out notes and action items, and things would get done, generally speaking, more efficiently. Um, We had a very significant increase during that period in requests and implementation of employee share plans. So people started to get quite concerned about their workforce. Where were they? Were they actually working? How motivated and engaged were they with the business while trying to deal with working from home and a pandemic and kids being at home from school and all the other lockdowns and all the other things that we went through? But I think that also made people pause and think about what they're actually doing with their business. You know, why am I in business? What am I actually trying to do here? Um, You know, and should I actually think about selling it, getting my employees involved, doing some sort of succession or exit strategy? So our business actually boomed uh, during the last two and a half years. You know, we grew by more than 50% year on year, both years. So quite substantial growth. And I think it does just make people pause and think about what am I trying to do here? What's my goal? What's my end game? Yeah, that's interesting. I've found it's actually the same thing. Um, and from the business growth, um, but people reaching out to, you know, for support to, you know, um, to learn how, how, to, um, uh, how to scale and grow their business. And the other thing is, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm like you. I used to travel all the time, both Australia and internationally. Um, I love the fact that my community is now literally I jump the fence between my house and, and an investment property, which is my office now. And, yeah, most of um, or pretty much all of my coaching is now done um, on Zoom and all and my tech coaching. Um, what does the future look like for you and, and what do you see as the main challenges going forward? Um, in terms of business and so on, I did something pretty interesting during the last sort of six months. I appointed a CEO to run Succession Plus. So I'm no longer actively managing the business day to day. Um, and interestingly, that CEO was a good friend of mine. Um, he ran our UK business for the last few years, but he's now the CEO of our international consulting firm, Succession Plus. So we operate in three countries. He's actually based in London. Uh, and that was an interesting process because I often tell clients to do this, you know, get out of your own way. You can't sell your business if it depends on you and it needs you yep. to run it. So I did it myself. Um, I bought it forward. I was planning to do it on the 1st of July. We actually did it in March. Um, It's been the best thing I ever did by a long, long way. Um, And interestingly, you know, people say, so hang on a minute, your CEO is based in London. I actually think that's a real advantage. So what happens is my my team who used to contact me, ring me, email me, text me, whatever else, um, cannot really do that with Daryl because he's in bed for most of the Australian working day. Therefore, they have to make a decision and do it themselves. And that's been quite empowering, I think, for the team. It's also been very empowering for me because I've dropped 50% of my emails and team chat and all the other sort of things. Um, but look, I think that's a, you know, that's a big step in terms of the future of the business. You can't have a business that's dependent on the founder in any business. It just doesn't work. And it certainly doesn't work in terms of exit or succession. So that we've already done that step, um, which allows me then to go and do far more work on the business, you know, thought leadership stuff, writing articles, you know, I finished uh, a couple of months ago, I finished a doctoral thesis on using employee share plans for succession. And you just can't do that kind of stuff if you're busy day to day running the business, answering questions, dealing with clients, doing all the other stuff that we do as business owners. So that's been quite a good lesson and quite a good example. And it's actually helped 
quite a few of our clients take that step because I just tell them it's the best thing I've done. You know, it works really well. You've got to put some structure and framework. It helped because the, the uh, Daryl, the guy that I handed over to, is a good mate. I've known him for 25 years. He's the right guy. It's the right time. So it was a fairly easy transition. Um, difficult. Let, let me not. Let me not. You know, sugarcoat it. It's difficult to hand over your baby to someone else. Yeah. Um, but he's the right guy, and I trust him. We get on really well. So there's been no stress or pressure around it. Um, so I'd certainly, you know, in, in terms of what we're trying to do, we always have an exit strategy in mind. I'm only early 50, so I'm not ready to exit yet. But we're we're one step closer. And I think every time you should look at your business plan and strategy and say, how do I get one step closer to being sale ready or investment ready or whatever it is that you want to do? Even if it's passing it on to your kids, you just need to keep stepping closer and closer all the time. Mm. No, it's, a, it's a really good point. I um, I, One of the things I coach is, oh, a couple of things I coach. One is um, uh, uh, something that comes out of Dan Sullivan, who's a strategic coach in the, in, the, in the US, which is focus on your unique, unique ability. You know, what are you really good at doing? What do you really love doing? And then delegate the rest, yeah. which means you've got yeah. to put a leadership and put a team in place. And as you know, I've just put a COO um, in place, um, uh, Jackie, to help me grow my business, grow my business and, and prepare for that. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, um, you know, if you want to grow the business, it's got to be scalable and it's got to be self-managing. If it relies Absolutely. on you, as you say, it, um, you, no CEOs will achieve those goals. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations. So tell me, what about um, what do you reckon is the biggest learning you've learned um, being a business owner? Look, I think there's, I mean, the type of work that we do, luckily we work with other successful business owners. We don't do any turnaround or remediation type work. It's all about successful business owners looking at how what their next step is. Um, and I think the key thing I'm seeing is the trend away from financial harvest as an exit strategy. People aren't as focused as they used to be on, I have to sell my business for $5 million in order to retire. If you're a baby boomer in Australia now and probably around the world, you're already pretty wealthy. You've done well. You've made good money in business. You know, if you bought a house in Sydney or Melbourne 30 or 40 years ago, like they did, they're, you know, they're multimillionaires there. Um, and so the cha- that, that change means that owners are now looking at other strategies. So things like employee share plans, management buy-ins, a much, much different approach to that because what they're actually saying now is I want the business to continue after I'm gone. I want to make sure my employees get looked after. I want to make sure my customers have served well. I don't want my suppliers to be affected. You know, it's quite a legacy stewardship type approach. What that means is you need to build a different kind of business. You know, it's not just about making money. I think people got very focused during the pandemic on lifestyle and flexibility and because we were forced to, you know, somebody had to look after the kids during the day, for example, because they weren't able to go to school. So you have to change the way you operate to be able to do that. And I think a lot of people that did that, including some of our team, really enjoyed it and Mm -hmm. thought, you know, it's not a one or the other type equation. You can actually do both. You can actually have a successful business that makes good money but also allows you and your team to work from home and be a bit flexible and enjoy the family time or whatever it might be. Um, and I think if we can create a business that works for us rather than yep. us working for the business, then you can achieve that kind of outcome. Totally agree. Can I just um, add a bit, ask a bit extra? Do you, um, is your team working from your home or somewhere else remotely all the time or are you bringing them in for collaboration? How, how's your model working? 
Um, no, we do a bit of both. So we do have people. We're very flexible. There's no um, there's no requirement to be in the office a set number of days a week or a set number of hours or you know nine to five or anything like that. I'm very flexible about work hours and work days, um, and I think we have to be now. It's a very tight labour market, and I think that's one of the attractive parts. You know, one of the ways to attract staff is to have that flexibility. We do have online, you know, team meetings or advisor meetings or, you know, collaboration meetings. And we generally try and have most people in the office uh, one day a week. So generally Monday is our day. We have a team meeting. We have other meetings. We put them in the office on a Monday so that if you need to come into the office one day a week, Monday is the preferred day. And that means we can talk to people. I think also during the pandemic, though, we got to know people and their families and their lives and their pets and their whatever else because you often saw them on Zoom. You know, just hang on a sec, I've got to go and grab the baby or just hang on a sec, the dog's running wild or whatever it might be, which meant we know a little bit more about our team and who they actually are and what's important to them. And I think that's made it much more enjoyable to work with people. You know, I know things about my staff now that I didn't know two years ago, Um, partly because I think, you know, we were so focused on nine to five, make money, billable hours, bang, bang, bang. Now we're sort of going, yeah, that's okay. That'll come and it will come. I mean, profit's the outcome of getting everything else right. So if you can get everything else right, which means making people feel comfortable, flexibility to work from home and look after kids, then the profit will come. Um, And I think that change is really an interesting learning about not focusing on that as the outcome, letting it just happen and focusing on what delivers that result. Yeah, no, yeah, thank you for that. Um, The word successful, when you think about that, who's the first person who comes to mind and why? Um, look, I look at some of my clients. I've actually got some clients who have very good businesses who are doing very good things out and about in the world and also making good money, looking after their staff. You know, I've got, I'm, I'm the chairman of an environmental consulting firm uh, called Umwell, and they've had spectacular growth over the last couple of years. They've literally doubled their employee headcount. But they've also got an employee share plan, which now has roughly 100 people in the plan. And about 70 of their 200-odd staff now own about a third of that company. Fabulous. Now, yeah, now to me, I look at that and think, geez, that's real success because that's a really great way to transition ownership to a large group of people. So there's now, as I said, 70-odd people that own a percentage of that company. Um, it also means that those employees are better off financially. They've got a stake in the business. They're also heavily invested and engaged in what they do. Um, and these people are typically highly intelligent, highly experienced scientists. You know, they're biologists and geologists and water and noise experts and environmental um, areas. They're they're very, very clever people, but they're now also business owners, albeit very small percentages, but as a group, they're business owners. And I sort of look at that business often and think, gee, that's a pretty successful model. They've done really well out of that, the business. And I think it's because it's win-win-win. The business yeah. is better off because it's now got 70 shareholders, not two like it used to have. Yeah. It's now the founder's better off because she's now got a predetermined succession and exit strategy. She's got buyers coming in, taking over, and the employees are better off because they've now got still employed and salaried and all that sort of stuff is still there. Nothing's changed there, but they've now also got equity ownership, which means they can benefit from dividends and profit payments, but also from the increase in value in the shares. So I look at that and think, gee, that's a pretty successful model and everybody that's involved is better off than what they were before. You know, that's probably my favourite question, the answers I'm getting. It's, it's, and everyone is, every every CEO founder I've spoken to have a, has a, a, a different 
um, a different answer, and it's so enlightening. Mm. Yeah, you know, everything from I've had everything from Tom Cruise through to um, grandfather, through to a brother, through to like it's such yeah, a range of answers. It's phenomenal. Tom Cruise did surprise me at the time, but then the point was made that you know multiple um, film franchises over forty-two years, he's probably you know, directly um, been involved in, in, in employing uh, thousands upon thousands of people. You know, but great answers, and thank you. So listen, top three business books, podcasts, biographies, anything you'd recommend to um, to our listeners? Yeah, look, I think you know. I read a lot of stuff, obviously. Um, I've just finished a doctoral thesis, so I've read hundreds and hundreds of academic papers, so I wouldn't recommend that to anybody. Um, I think there's a couple of key things. Uh, One of the books that I've just finished reading recently is uh, written by a guy called Corey Rosen, who's an expert in employee ownership, and it's called Beyond Engagement. It talks about employee share plans, but it also talks about other methods to engage and involve employees in owning and running the business. So that's certainly one. Um, There's also a book um, that's just about to be updated, actually, called Walking to Destiny uh, by a guy called Chris Schneider, who's actually the CEO of the Exit Planning Institute in the United States. And that talks about being exit ready and beginning with the end in mind and making sure your business is well prepared. And then I've been reading a lot of stuff, a number of different books and so on by Gino Wickman, um, the founder of EOS, just talking about their model and particularly things like having a 10-year goal setting and business plan sort of model rather than a 90-day plan. Um, and I think you probably need both, but certainly having a 10-year horizon on decisions and and processes and goal setting is really quite liberating because it, it means you can plan properly and give yourself time to get there. We can do almost anything in 10 years um, is, is the theory behind that, and I think that absolutely works. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, Gino is uh, he's actually an, um, an ex-scaling um, up coach um, oh, yep. when I started. And um, yeah, he took that the, the concept of building a you know, self managing um, uh, scalable business to, to the extreme. It's a it's a phenomenal model, um, and I use elements of what he does in, in my coaching. Um, right. Yeah, the the ten year um, it, it's a really interesting you know, ten year versus one. vision because anything up past that it's getting very hard but yeah um i focus particularly at three years and then down to down and then quarterly sprints to yep. get to three years because you know with technology and everything else now uh, things change so much in three years um so yep. you know, that sort of is a planning horizon i, I coach but uh, with the quarterly sprints um thank you any last piece of advice or parting words Look, I tell people all the time, begin with the end in mind. You've got to have an exit strategy. You've got to know what your business is worth and how you can build towards that. So whether that's a 10-year goal, you know, what does your business look like in literally 10 years from today? Do you still own it? Do you still work in it? What's it look like in terms of value? How's it funding your retirement or your exit or your your kids or whatever it might be? Um, Because I think that gives you real clarity around what decisions you need to make all the way through that 10-year period. If you've got that goal in mind and you know where you're headed, it makes it much easier to make day-to-day decisions because you you can all they can all be benchmarked against that outcome. You know, is this the right person I'm employing to help me get ready? Is this the right investment I'm making? Um, all makes a lot more sense and a lot easier uh, if you have that very clear long-term goal. Yeah, no, very good advice. Craig, thank you. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, look, I enjoyed our conversation, Marcy, and, and as you, as always, I'm learning a lot every time I have it. I have one. 
If you are hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We hope you enjoyed this new episode. And if you did, please leave us a review on YouTube, Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you watch slash listen. Please share this episode with others who may be interested in this topic. If you want to be a guest on the podcast, please send an email to admin at scaleupgrowth.co. Put be a guest in the subject line and tell me a little about yourself. If you want to gauge where your business growth potential is and identify where the biggest opportunities in your business lie or where the key needs that you need to concentrate on right now are, take our assessment where you will receive personalized advice for improvement. It's quick and free. Go to scaleupgrowth.scoreapp.com. If you would like to work with me one-to-one, I love coaching and get the best outcomes that way. Send me an email to jonathan at scaleupgrowth.co and put one-to-one in the heading. Tell me a bit about your business and let's see how we can apply a great strategy for your business. So that's it for this week. Tune in next time for more great learnings from a scaling entrepreneur.